Hello everyone and welcome to The Jameson Files. I'm your host, Carrie Weber, and it's such a pleasure to have you listening in or tuning in to watch whatever your uh, approach to being a part of our Jameson Files community is. We're certainly grateful that you make the choice to join us to, to listen and learn together. If you have particular topics, uh, content, questions, guests that you'd like to see on The Jameson Files in future episodes, we certainly invite you to email us at info at jmsn.com com or leave us some messages uh, wherever you listen or watch and we certainly want to take those into consideration as we uh, build content for the future. Our goal is to create a community right here through the Jameson Files that helps our dental friends and business leaders learn, uh, grow, and develop together. So today I will be your, not only your host, but I will be uh, sharing with you today and being your, your teacher as we talk about a very popular subject um, with our Jameson clients across the country. Uh, when I'm lecturing to groups across the country, um, this is a topic that never ceases to be at the top of the list when it comes to questions or needs or desires to improve. And that is in the area of case presentation. But even bigger and on a broader scope than that, it's about your patient's experience and the team's approach to what we at Jamison call the patient practice partnership. Now, why do we call it the patient practice partnership? At Jamison, we believe that the patient-centered approach to building relationship with your patients, educating your patients, and ultimately uh, communicating with them about necessary, needed, or even wanted care is the difference maker for you from getting to where you are now and where you want to be, not only as a practice, but as a practitioner, uh, and in the growth of whatever your ideal vision for your practice is. So when we talk about the patient practice partnership, we're talking about some specific aspects of the patient experience that I want to walk through with you briefly today. It's all founded in what we see continuously coming to us through studies by the ADA Health Policy Institute. Um, year over year, when they re share the results of their surveys from the patient perspective, what they find is that the top reasons patients don't move forward with treatment, they don't, that the reasons they stay, don't stay active in your practice and so on, land on these areas. Cost is the top deterrent, which is probably no uh, surprise to you, um, as well as time and fear. Now these are always in the top. There are some other ones that come up pretty high as well, but cost consistently seems to be the top deterrent. Now, as we at Jameson consider these aspects and we look at it from the patient's perspective and we think about how can we help patients, more and more patients, get the kind of dentistry they want or need, we have created what we consider the four pillars of a healthy patient practice partnership. And those pillars are where we can measure our success or our areas of need to work and develop as a team when it comes to how the patients engage with us, how they stay active with us, if they're referring to us, if they're accepting treatment, and so on. And if patients are not moving forward with treatment or staying active in our practice, more than likely we're missing the mark on one or more of these pillars. And the pillars are trust, need, urgency, and value. 
So when you think about your patients that you have in your practice right now, or perhaps your new patient experience, or when you're presenting treatment in treatment consultations, um, whether or not your patients are moving forward, staying active, and so on, or not, is based upon how successful we are in building these pillars. Do they trust us? Do they see the need for the treatment we provide or are recommending? Do they see a sense of urgency to receive that kind of need, especially when it's in terms of restorative care? Um, and do they see a value in what we bring to the table? So when you think about your practice and how your patient experiences your practice in whatever state of health or um, active level they are with you, uh, do they trust us? Do they see value in what we provide and value in their relationship with our practice? Do they see a need for that kind of care? Do they see urgency and feel that sense of urgency to get healthy, to stay healthy, to improve their smile, whatever the case may be? So think about your practice from those four pillars. And that's what we want to be striving to continuously improve upon is the stronger those pillars are in our patient relationship, in that partnership with our practice, the better we all are in the long run. So how can we improve? How do we build these pillars? There are a few aspects of practice building, team development, personal development that I want you to take a look at from not only the lens of what you recognize are needs in your practice, but from the perspective of your patients. When we pivot our mindsets to look at it from the patient's perspective, things may look a lot differently. Um, often it's very difficult to identify what we need to do or what we need to change when we're in the weeds on a regular basis. Wouldn't you agree when we're working in the practice, not just working on the practice? So we want to take the time to work on our practice and improve. So some of the main areas that we find when we work with practices or even in our own practice is that when we're building these pillars, one of the key elements is our practicing of excellent communication skills. You're gonna go, oh my God, yes, of course, we know this, we know this, we know this. And yet, we see time and time again, areas of opportunity to improve and refine our skills when it comes to how we communicate with our patients. So working on the mastery of your verbal skills. Are you continuously working as a team on the mastery of your verbal skills? So what does that look like? Do we have a clear level um, and a clear understanding of the process in terms of what an excellent patient experience would be? Um, does everybody understand what that process is? And is everybody aware and aligned with an understanding of their role within that patient experience process? Are we practicing that process? Are we practicing those conversations? Are we working on those verbal skills together? And are we starting to become comfortable and competent in the flow of an excellent and ideal patient experience? When we have a flow that we follow consistently, our consistency and success starts to go up as well. So getting a process in place and everyone being on the same page and in agreement with what that process is and what our role is individually and as a team in executing that process can make a difference. We need to make intentional room for communication. 
in every aspect of the patient's experience, whether a new patient is coming in and we're doing initial interviews, getting to, getting to know them and find out what their goals are, or we're presenting recommended treatment or diagnosed treatment, or we're seeing them in their continuous care type of an appointment and we're continuing to communicate and build value and importance of treatment that they may need that has not yet been completed. That comes down to our communication skills. So are we using active listening in the patient's experience and in our conversations with them? What is active listening? Well, in a, in a grossly simplified manner, I'll tell you that active listening is the effective and intentional practice of asking questions and listening and communicating back and forth with the other person to make sure that message sent is message received. It's also um, a perfect way to open the door of communication in areas that maybe you've never had the opportunity to talk to your patients about before or that they've never been able to talk about. Perhaps there's questions that you could start asking that they've never been asked before by a dentist or a dental practice. And that can make a big difference in building trust need, urgency, and value. So working on our active listening skills, working on getting clear and consistent in a process and flow of a patient experience. Also working on our vocabulary. We believe there are stronger words that can be used. We call them power words versus weak words that can diminish value. Power words can build value where weak words can diminish them. When I think about this in practice, as I think about the patient experience, especially new patient experience, when we want to build a perception and an understanding of the type of treatment you provide, building that value aspect. Also in uh, keeping patients committed to appointments. So if you struggle with broken appointments and no-shows, this could be an area where your vocabulary, we might want to elevate the way that we communicate with our patients. If we're using more diminishing words like just or kind of or sort of, um, even accidentally in the way that we communicate, that can be an area where you can build up your vocabulary and be more customer service oriented in the way that we communicate with our patients. I know that seems like a silly thing, but it truly does make a difference. When we come from a place of high service, of excellence, of professionalism, even in the way that we communicate with our patients, it builds value for that which we are communicating them with, um, whether that's needed treatment, staying active, or whatever the case may be. Also, taking into consideration and shifting your mindset to what I call permission-based case presentation. Now, what I mean by this is very simple. Looking for opportunities within the patient's experience to ask permission. Mrs. Jones, may I have permission as I, as I assess the condition of your mouth and your smile, may I have permission to show you any areas of concern that I find as we're um, taking photographs and assessing your mouth? Would that be all right? May I have permission to present to you what I would consider the best possible treatment for the condition that's occurring in your mouth? Uh, Mrs. Jones, may I have permission to show you on this photograph that I'm pu pulling up right now on the screen, the area of concern that Dr. Jameson has uh, discovered in his evaluation and so on. So when I ask permission to present optimal treatment, when I have permission for um, showing any areas of concern, the patient is giving me permission and they are more actively engaged and interested in what I have to say. Instead of telling them, telling them, telling them, 
I'm asking them, asking them, asking them. And we're more engaged in a partnership type conversation. It can really shift the whole trajectory of the relationship, of the conversation, and it helps the patient to be more engaged and feel a sense of control of their situation so that they don't become overwhelmed and find themselves in a state of fight or flight if they become emotional about whatever it is that we're talking about. So having that permission-based approach to the patient experience, working on a process and a flow that allows for communication to take place in the patient's experiences with you, using power words more often instead of weak words, and really, really working on our active listening skills. These are the areas of communication that if you as a team identify one, two, or all of these areas to work on together, I can promise you, you will see an improvement in your patient practice partnership and in building those four pillars. Now, the second area that we can build pillars in is in team engagement. We fully believe at Jamison in a team approach to a patient experience, a team approach to practice growth, a team approach to case acceptance, and so on. We really believe in the power of the team. And so when you create and work intentionally on a culture of communication and a culture of growth where you're working in a unified fashion on mindset and skill set, wow, that not only makes a difference for the patient, but that makes a difference for each person on your team and their overall fulfillment in the work that you do together. Would you agree? If you're in a place, in a practice culture, in a business where your growth and improvement is a priority and we celebrate the successes of the things that we develop and improve together time and time again, that makes it a more encouraging place to be, a healthier, happier work environment, as our founder, Kathy Jamison, calls it. So how do we do this? We need to make sure that we are nurturing and bringing people into our team and into our practice culture that has a vested interest in growth and development. If we aren't naturally interested in bettering ourselves and being better and being in a place that strives for excellence, it'll be very difficult to insert that into a person's mindset. So if they naturally lean towards a desire to be better and to continuously improve, that certainly helps. But we as leaders want to make sure that we are continuously communicating and setting the tone and setting the standard in our practices that this is what we're all about. We are a practice that is about continuous improvement, growth, and development, and building a team of leaders. As Kathy Jamison calls it, we want you know a great team, which is, in our opinion, a group of leaders working cohesively toward a common set of goals. When you have a group that is uh, united in a desire to be better, can't you see how that would build those four pillars in your practice? Um, not only for your patients, but if we believe in those pillars for the practice, we trust um, our providers, we trust our doctors and our hygienists and the people that are providing the care. We see a need in what we provide. We see a sense and feel a sense of urgency on behalf of our patients um, for the care that we're recommending. And we see and feel the value of what we do, what we recommend, and what we provide our patients. When we believe ourselves, it makes it easier for us to help patients see the need and the value and build that trust with us, right? So having a shared interest in growth and development, 
being aligned in purpose and vision. If you doctors, practice leaders, office managers have never clearly communicated what the vision is for the practice, and if we've never identified what the true core purpose is for why we do what we do, this is a powerful step in getting you closer towards that aligned team that's fully invested in growth. And what we need to do is make sure that we're clearly and consistently communicating that and that we ourselves are clear of what, what we want and where we're going so that we make the right decisions in the technology we, we invest in, in the kind of things we work on together in team meetings and the decisions we make and the people we hire and so on. So we need to make sure that we're clear on that and that everyone is clear about that and on the same page of where it is we're going and why we're going there. We also need to believe, as I had said, in those four pillars. So when we think about that and you think about the vision and the purpose and your values as a team, think of it from the perspective of building trust, need, urgency, and value. What does that look like specifically for you in your practice? Um, what are patients doing? How are they um, engaging with you that would allow us to see that indeed we are checking those boxes? If they're doing this, if they're saying this, if we are seeing this in the schedule, if we are seeing this with our, our loyal patients or whatever the case may be um, so that we can all see and feel the results of working toward building those pillars. So making sure that it's a unified team effort that starts with the leaders and clarifying what those standards of expectation are, but then that we are expecting those standards and in return everyone starts reflecting those standards. There's a great book called Grind by Michael McFall, and it's way off of, it's, it's about a coffee business, so it has nothing to do with dentistry, but I believe we can learn so much from many different business worlds in terms of what excellence and success can look like for us when it comes to engaging with our patients. And in the end, we're a relationship business, and if we can't satisfy our patients, who are ultimately our customer and our consumer, then that's where we need to focus our energy. Mr. McFall says this in his book, that in your business, you'd better be ready to provide an A-plus product or service because your customer, your patients, will never fall in love with B plus. They're never going to fall in love with B plus. That your patients can, can feel um, and can smell mediocre. They can taste marginal. They can sense apathy from a mile away. And if you're only kind of doing it at your best, it simply won't work. So the patient practice partnership is ultimately founded in excellence and bringing that A-plus experience to your patients every single time. So it takes us all the way back to number one in terms of communication and being clear on a process and being committed to that process for consistency's sake and for our own competency in executing with excellence. So, Creating a patient experience that is founded in the four pillars is our number three. What process do we follow for the patient to create value, trust, need, urgency? What process are we following to build those with the patient? 
What follow-up do we have put in place when it comes to following up with our patients about diagnosed or recommended treatment, um, whether or following up with them in terms of a needed appointment, if they've missed an appointment, if they haven't proceeded with treatment, and so on. Or if perhaps they've just had a big procedure. Are we following up with them to build more value in the relationship with us? So looking at it from the patient's perspective, if it were if I were a member of your team, or if I were um, the doctor, I would look at it as, if I were a patient in my practice, would I be exceptionally pleased with the kind of care that we provide? And I'm not just talking about the clinical care, I'm talking about their entire experience. Because most patients are going to measure their satisfaction and their experience with you based upon everything but the treatment, right? Now, of course, we want and hope that your treatment is excellent. So if that's not the case, we need to start there. But we need to think about the entire patient experience and the process that we follow. What tools do we have available to help patients get what they want or need? What do I mean by that? Well, if in, you know, what I say is that customer service is measured by how easy do we make it for a patient to get what they want or need. So do we have an excellent website? Do we have an excellent confirmation process? Do we make it really easy for them to fill out the forms and information we need prior to their appointment? Uh, are we using, not just using, but maximizing cameras and photography in the patient's experiences across the board consistently from all providers? Are we using photography and before and afters to help educate patients and help them process information and make good decisions? Are we using patient financing and in-house membership plans and, and really getting comfortable and uh, competent with the financing tools that we have available to help patients move forward with treatment um, that they need that, that may not be accessible to them otherwise without those kinds of resources? Are we using our patient communication tools to the best of our ability? And are we measuring our success on a regular basis and setting goals for our consistency, setting goals for our improvement, setting goals for the experience and what the patients, um, what, the, what feedback we're getting from them? So maximizing the tools you more than likely already have in your practice, and there's a huge amount of opportunity for you to improve your utilization of those tools. Does our patient experience reflect the value of care we are recommending? So we need to make sure, just like we in communication skills, that message sent is message received. That if we want the patients to have a perception and an understanding of high value for what we do, we have to be delivering on high value. Otherwise, we're not building trust, we're actually diminishing trust. And so we wanna make sure that our patients are, if they are starting to, if we're starting to create a reputation um, and we're communicating out through our external marketing efforts, excellence in their experience, we better deliver on excellence. Because in the end, um, just as the book title of Horst Schultz's book is, Excellence Wins, Excellence Wins. So thinking back on the patient practice partnership for you, and building those four pillars, building trust, building a sense of need, 
building a sense of urgency, and building that value for what you provide or what you're recommending. That we do that through the building of and mastery of our verbal skills and that we are committed to doing that. And we do that through a unified commitment as a team and a practice culture for continuous growth and improvement. And through that commitment, we're creating a, a most excellent patient experience that reflects the trust, need, urgency, and value we want our patients to have with us. So, how are you all doing in those areas in your practice? Where do you need to improve? Where do you need tools or resources or coaching or training or, or something to help you see things from a different perspective and do things a little bit differently to get a better result? Remember, no change means no change. So if you want different results, you're going to have to do some things differently. If you would like to look at how we at Jamison teach the patient experience, customer service, case presentation, and working on those verbal skills, I invite you to visit our online learning platform, Grow by Jamison. You can find that at grow.jmsn.com. And there are individual pathways or total team pathways where you can keep track of your progress, uh, receive CE credit, but ultimately help you achieve the goal of being better in providing excellence in your patient experience. So thanks so much for joining me today. I look forward to hearing your successes and your continuous growth and improvement on your dental journey. Stay in touch with us. Come see us again next time. Be well, and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Jameson Files. Visit us online at jmsn.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify. Do you have questions or topics you'd like for us to answer or cover on the next podcast? Email us at podcast at jmsn.com.